most commonly it's the tunnel of white light. There is this like blast of white light and you fly through it and, and it spits you into the afterlife dimension and you um, face immediately face the beings. Hello and welcome to Passion Harvest. I am Louisa, your host. Thank you so much for joining me wherever you are in the world right now. I'm really excited about our guest today, Isabella Green. What happens after death is reincarnation, entrapment awaiting you. How do we prepare for the final departure? And is the departure really final? Isabella Green travels beyond the veil and explores realities of other dimensions in search of the answers to her most burning questions. One of these questions was about exiting the cycle of reincarnation on Earth. She also journeys to explore past life memories, beings that greet us after death, and astral projection into heaven and hell, and much more. Isabella is the author of Leaving the Trap, how to exit the reincarnation cycle. Isabella Green, I'm so excited to have you on Passion Harvest. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I've been looking forward to this. Isabella, a big congratulations on your book, Leaving the Trap, How to Exit the Reincarnation Cycle. I've got so many questions for you, but I guess the first one is, how do we never reincarnate again? Thank you for that. But, um, well, I think that it takes a little work and it takes a little practice and preparation, uh, but it is doable and achievable within this lifetime if a person desires to no longer uh, continue being recycled within the earth plane. A lot of people prefer to be recycled within the earth plane they love it here and um, i had people asking me questions such as like why would i even want to get out of reincarnation cycle so these are the ones who are staying but the ones who want to go um, can go through some practices and exercises and prepare themselves both emotionally mentally and also in a way of uh, learning to operate their non-physical form while still alive um, these are the recommendations that I give in my book. And so I am I'm pretty sure that they're going to be able to hop out <laughs> once uh, they take their final breath and after this lifetime. So we so we have a choice whether to reincarnate or not. This is the main idea. We're not usually presented with this choice. We're not presented with this choice uh, by the handlers of the reincarnation cycle. Who those who had near death experiences can confirm that it's always kind of going around in circles until you agree to go back, and it's the same um, after you pass. And so it's because it's the same dimension, the afterlife dimension handled by the same kind of beings. So that, but we're not really taught here on earth. Now that information is starting to come out, but we were never taught that there was a different option. And just knowing that uh, you can, if you want to, is very important. Thanks, Isabella. So for those that haven't read your book yet, and I do recommend you do, what are some tips you could offer the Passion Harvest audience of how if they choose to not to reincarnate again? 
Well, first of all, uh, it's very important to prepare emotionally and mentally because since day one here and since the very inception of the human race, we were conditioned that we are inferior to the spirits and angelic looking beings that pop in and start trying to convince us to reincarnate again. They give us our uh, life review and tell us that we're not good enough. We didn't do so good and we need to go back. And so first of all, teaching yourself that you are a sovereign being who is as celestial and as divine as any apparition that's talking to you so that you have discernment and not blindly and not blindly following what they're telling you that's number one number two conditioning of feeling guilty a lot of people feel guilty for their own existence here and also conditioning of feeling not good enough which goes hand in hand with what with what I just said but it's also something that is being pressured onto us the number one wound that the humanity has is feeling inadequate or feeling unworthiness and uh, since the whole industrial complex started a couple a couple hundred years ago um that's been utilized and marketing and and uh consumerism and just being you're being pressured to believe that you're not good enough unless you have this car or you have this job or you have some material possession but um so we're being conditioned to believe that we're not good enough from all directions and so i recommend if you want to get out of the reincarnation cycle is to do the inner healing work so that you are able to get past this condition and heal this wound within yourself so when you face the handlers uh, they are not able to guilt trip you or tell you you were not good enough and, and convince you that you need to go and do better another thing is what I call so this is guilt tripping guilt tripping is used very very uh, efficiently by the handlers of the reincarnation cycle but there's also what I call love trapping and that is something that we do here when we're really in love we say oh I'll see you in the next lifetime a lot of people uh, say to their loved ones I would love you I would love you cross time I'll, I'll love you in my next lifetime or um, on the deathbed people say um, I'll see you in my next lifetime and so if you you have created this kind of vows with your loved ones these are definitely going to be shown to you um, and you're going to be presented with again feeling guilty that oh if you don't go back then that soul is waiting for you in vain and you're breaking your word also um, I just suggest that you go into the loving agreements and loving contracts loving relationships here as much as you want to but make sure that you have closure with these by the end of the lifetime so that you are not um, guilt-tripped or pressured based on these vows to come back so these are the uh, foundational ideas there are more um, in my book but uh, these are the uh, cornerstones of pre preparing yourself 
emotionally and mentally if you face negotiations with the handlers. And just to clarify, thank you, thank you. And just to clarify, what, what are the handlers? These are the beings that run the reincarnation cycle. Um, Earth is surrounded by what we know is the astral plane. And because I've done a lot of astral projecting in early in my life, and then I started what I call quantum traveling past that dimension and looking back. And I also had a couple of near-death experiences. And I've also interviewed a lot of people who, or discussed, not didn't really interview, but talked to a lot of people who ha- had near-death experiences. Um I've come to the conclusion that uh, the astral plane is what encompasses uh, the afterlife. That's where the afterlife dimension is. This is where the near-death experiences take place. And this is where we go after we pass. And that realm is operated, or that whole system of reincarnation is operated by the shape-shifting beings that some call archons, um, but um, you don't really, they're going to present to you what you believe in. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you're going to face uh, Jesus Christ, but it's not the real thing. If you believe in angelic beings, you're going to be surrounded by angelic beings. If you are in Hinduist tradition, for example, and you believe in Krishna, you're going to uh fate um meet that being they're telling you that you have to go back if you don't believe in any of these you're going to see your loved ones or the ones that you miss the most greet you and tell you that you need to go back because they literally shapeshift into just anything that is going to be the most convincing for you wow I mean, that certainly explains one of the theories of why everyone has so such different near-death experiences. Right. What, whether you call them archons or shapeshifters, what, what, how do they profit from this reincarnation experience? What, what have they? Got, what's in it for them? Well, there is a belief that they are harvesting energy, vital energy of the human beings. Um, that energy is called Lush. I, after I wrote the book, people started reaching out to me saying that that term was coined by uh, Robert Monroe. I never read Robert Monroe, never even heard of him until after I published the book and started giving the interviews and people started reaching out to me saying that. Uh, but it is the vital energy of the human being that is especially delicious for uh, the handlers when we're in suffering. So all gradations of suffering, if you zoom out and look at the whole human experience, I mean, suffering it, for the majority of the population is pretty much a standard um, kind of type of living. We don't even notice that we have these beliefs like no no pain no gain love hurts and like that kind of stuff um but it's very much ingrained in the human psyche that we have to suffer to get something in life that we have to suffer just to that it's just the way it is but um the suffering is what produces the highest amount of that energy and this is what the handlers profit or actually live off of i mean it's 
sounds kind of scary in my <laughs> humanness. I have heard that the the more negative we are or suffer in a fear-based state, the more energy that's produced. Also, the other question is, are these thoughts our own? Mm, I would suggest that there is a whole different structure to our thoughts because um, I work with people, I do spiritual healing work, and I always start with childhood conditioning and then we have entities who are attracted to the wounds that the person experienced during childhood conditioning. And let's mention that the person came in into a specific family because they are pain of their karma. You know, that's what they, they were sent back to earth to do. And so the family produces the kind of um, suffering and the kind of trauma that um continues recreating or creating uh, that kind of trauma and so um to that the entities are attracted and so the person carries what's called auric attachments or or um hitchhikers in the energy field and that is uh, something that is the next layer and these energies or these spirits they, they dwell around earth plane and they um, amplify the thoughts that the person is already having based on the um, childhood conditioning. So um, there are a few layers to that, but it's all interconnected. This is why when I do the healing work, I go onto all, I look at all of it so that the person um, can correct the entire package for themselves. Amazing. So complicated and intricate. Um how would we best avoid the handlers or the archons? I'm trying to think of the right word here. Uh, taking out energy, would it be such as getting happier or being in a more positive frame of mind? Yeah, but faking it, you know, there's this whole like high vibe tribe kind of idea that you always just like, yeah, but that's fake because there's a lot of pain behind it. And that's just the way of escaping. And also the self-love very often uh, is used as a mask. Oh, I love myself. I love myself. We put that person in front of the mirror for 30 minutes and then they're crying because that was just uh, the um, thing that they believe that they're supposed to be saying and doing, but it hides the trauma even deeper. So uh, the true path, in my opinion, is going into um, processing and um, releasing the traumas and it's a process it doesn't happen overnight um, and yeah developing a more positive outlook on things because everything technically everything is neutral everything um, how we respond to it how it's, how we react to things that's what make it good or bad technically you know of course there are you know big things that are bad by definition but um in our everyday life how we respond to thing uh to things determines what we feel what we think so there are three there's a formula what you think what you feel and what you focus on determines your state of being the state of your energy and the state of uh, the field that you carry 
and your vibrational state. And so that also creates the match to what you experience within this reality, to what you draw to yourself from by the law of attraction. But if you have learned to generate inner peace, you've done your inner work, and even if you're in the process of doing the inner work, every next step will take you to the next octave of your uh, um, vibrational state. And then you're meditating and you're doing spiritual practices to generate inner peace and stay in balance. Um, that's plenty. And you will reach, you will naturally reach the state not of the burning high excitement, but the state of peaceful contentment. And that's neutral. So you're not feeling anyone in that space, in my opinion. You did mention um, the law of attraction that in yeah. some way we create our reality by our thoughts. Can you expand on that little a little bit more for the audience, please? Yes, of course. Uh, the question, why is this always happening to me? Right. There are some people uh, that experience the same thing over and over. That starts from the childhood conditioning. Let's say a person felt overpowered by their uh, primary caretakers. And so they step out of the house and uh, they are constantly expecting to be attacked from all directions. And because they are expected to be attacked and they are also feeling uh, that um, anything can just come in and overpower them. That's the childhood imprint. It happens. They see it in everyday life and they constantly, they're just constantly trying to get away from that. And this is just the neutral vibrational match to the childhood trauma that took place or the childhood imprint conditioning that took place when they were little. Or another thing or with relationships like love imprint, I do exercises with people when they come to, to me for sessions where I show them what is running uh, behind the scenes, what's generating their reality for them, what conditioning is generated. And even those who, who's been, who've been through therapy, they are always uh, amazed. They have like an aha moment with that short exercise that I give them. So the love imprint, for example, if, um, the child was conditioned since birth that love is abusive um, and they didn't know any better because when the child is brought into a home, they expect it's a natural instinct that they are um, loved. That's that's what's imprinted in, in their subconscious mind. They come out of the um, their parents' home and they are the most attracted. Out of 100 people in front of them, they will be the most attracted to the one who would reproduce that same love imprint with them. And they keep are going to keep saying, why am I always in abusive relationships? So this is the neutral uh, vibrational law. There is no punishment in it whatsoever. What we put out, we get back. What we are vibrating is shown back to us from the outer reality. So correcting what's going on internally also corrects the outer reality. Yeah, so true. So interesting. Sometimes it's hard in our in our humanness. Um, yeah. Just a question that that came to me. Many of the audience have lost loved ones, and are yeah. grieving or mourning or missing their loved ones. What what is your advice for them? Talk to them. 
my advice is talk <laughs> to them because they didn't go all that far. Um, I know that from my own um, experience with my father. Uh, my father passed last year and I was able to communicate with him as soon as he was out of his physical body, more so than when he was alive <laughs> because the telephone or, or anything was no longer required. Um, and I also work with people who um, often um, exp um, in grief, not I don't spe I don't specialize in grief, but sometimes they come in for the whole entire session, and then they would mention that you know like they they can't get over their father passing or whatever. Very often I just invite that spirit into the session, and that spirit talks to them, tells them I don't channel dead people, but I kind of transcribe what they're saying because I can hear what they're saying. Literally, as soon as I call them in, I can I start um, hearing communication from them. So I. I um, convey the message to the people and, and it makes it much easier for them. Uh, literally, it generates closure for the people uh, because the whole thing is that you feel that they're gone forever and there is no way to reach to them or talk to them or feel their presence, but they're around. They, they are able to observe you. They're able to send you messages. Very often these messages come through music. Birds carry the messages from the other side or mediums, you know, just and there are people who specialize in uh, communication with the other side. For example, um, Rinaldi is the last name. I, I Sonia Rinaldi. Sonia Rinaldi um, and there are documentaries on YouTube and she has a website and stuff. She created the device that actually... Uh, generates the images and the voice of the person from the other side. You can literally see and hear uh, your loved one from the other side. It's incredible. It's it's so fascinating. And I guess you said talk to them, but maybe it's just we have to be mindful. They're not going to be communicating in the same way. You can't pick up the telephone. No. They're not necessarily going to communicate in words. You might not hear the whole conversation. Yeah. It's It's a different means of communication right it definitely is more telepathic although i did i do hear words uh quite often um the beings from higher dimensions do not use words i use concepts but the loved ones the human souls they very often use words and sometimes it'll be just one short phrase or a couple words, but I could hear my my father loud and clear in words. So Amazing. the ones the ones the ones who um are within the human realm and the human afterlife, they do use words. Yeah. Um, although again, the messages can come in as music. Let's say you wake up and there is a song. The chorus of the song with specific words just playing in your mind. Look at the words. That could be the message from your loved one. Very often they communicate in that way if they cannot reach the person. And if the person is in high grief, they're heartbroken and everything is contracted. They are not able to hear anything otherworldly then um, the loved ones are not able to reach out to them in words. Thank you. You you travel beyond the veil, have 
and still do all the time. I'd yeah. love to ask you about this first. I guess you did detail it a little bit, but what happens when we die or when our physical body dies? I've observed a few different scenarios and these short observations in my book, at the beginning of my book, I give examples. And so I've observed that sometimes there's just a tunnel of white light. Um, sometimes I've, I've seen there are two tunnels. One of them is of a different kind of light, different quality and different kind of beings there, which are extraterrestrials that are participating in our reincarnation cycle. Sometimes they're just extraterrestrial beings there. And that's more for the soul that perhaps is connected to this particular um, consciousness. And especially for those who have been interacting with the um, non-terrestrial consciousness. But there are certain um, planets that are involved in the earth reality in a certain level of develop consciousness development so you come out of the body and there's going to be you're going to be vacuumed into one or the other most commonly it's the tunnel of white light there is this like blast of white light and you fly through it and and it spits you into the afterlife dimension and you um, face immediately face the beings there um, and they present you with a life review and then you make you agree to uh, go back to earth after a little bit of rest usually about three years in earth time um, and I just I just gauge that through the sessions that I do because I read past lives for people and I noticed that about um, three years in, in earth time goes by before the person returns sometimes more sometimes less but this is just the general kind of scenario the number one thing to know is that it's a relief we're all terrified of of passing but it's an incredible sense of relief. I know this from my own uh, near-death experiences, but also from what my father told me uh, from the other side after he passed. You're not dragging the physical body on yourself any longer. So there is this lightness. There's no more pain. There's no more emotional pain. There's no more physical pain. And there is a certain sense of, liberation or freedom although that freedom is not um not as um all-encompassing as we wish it to be because you're still within the uh, constraints of the reincarnation cycle uh, but it is a relief getting out of the body is much easier than being in the body in in my perspective Mm -hmm. um so this is what i know but there's also a different way of you you asked about um going out of body so I'm, we're talking passing away yes. and we're talking astral projecting um but there's a different way of traveling out of body that i practice now and that's i call that quantum travel and that's a whole entirely different ball game oh my gosh that sounds amazing i'd love to ask you about that in the in a minute but just in the, the astral plane or where we right. rest for a certain period of time, you right. called it a restful place. But before you mentioned, we also see based on our beliefs, whether we believe in Jesus or God or Krishna, does this, do, do our beliefs 
encompass what we experience as well during this astral phase after the, the you mean the afterlife dimension yes, the afterlife dimension i've observed that it's the beings that greet you that uh come in different shapes and forms depending on your beliefs but as uh, the actual afterlife dimension is pretty much the same but it has variations like if you expect a garden you're going to be in the garden if you expect uh any but see, like something that you have in mind that is like heaven-like, that's what you're going to experience. But it's a, you'll see the transparency of yourself and the lightness of being and transparency of the souls and beings around you. You will also um, feel kind of the music of the spheres. And it's not really, you're not really hearing it through your ears because at that point you don't have ears, but it feels like you're just floating within that music the colors are very soft like pastel colors and um the, the it's like a rainbowish kind of feeling to it this is the majority of the stories that i have experienced although i when i had my first near-death experience i did not go into that i just went to completely white space just there was absolutely nothing there everything was just white light um but let's just say in the majority of cases, it's a very pleasant experience and people are changed by their near-death experiences because it allows them to kind of dip their toe into the freedom of the soul, which again is not in, in, uh, presented in its entirety, but the lightness of being that is our innate right um, and so people come back transformed because they experience that. And they also experience the sense of love, um, which is not, which a lot of human beings are starved for here on this planet. Yes. And just a last question on this. For those that believe in purgatory or they've been a bad person or there is a hill, yeah. do they experience that? There is a lower astral plane. And you go there temporarily if you were a bad person. There is kind of like a rehab short period of time until where you really kind of bounce around the really uncomfortable um, experiences. It's nothing is burning there. And it's 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 a little worse than what it's hap what's happening on Earth. Like there's a lot of conflict, there is a lot of uh, bullying, there's a lot of letter mazes, there are um, astral wars there. So it's it's a dark place. But very uh, pretty soon afterwards, you're going to be summoned by the handlers and presented with the life review and you're going to be um told that you see you did all this horrible stuff now you're going to go back and be be the same done unto you and this is your karma and you say yes of course and so and and then they hang out in the afterlife in the upper astral which we uh, consider heaven just as well as everyone else that's as far as I have observed oh, and that's as no far no as no I thank know. you Isabella um you spoke about the soul it's the higher self or the soul the same thing and, and what is what is that what is soul yes well what lives within our physical form is just a tiny speck of uh the entirety of the soul that we belong 
in within um, called oversoul or the fabric of reality, the infinite um, field of information, if you wish. That's uh, the um, essence of everything. That's the energy that creates and sustains worlds and it creates our soul it doesn't create it we're just an extension of that into this um physical experience our bodies are made of the same energy except they're more condensed and we're just um once we enter this reality on the earth plane we get cut off from the awareness that we're a part of the bigger energy of the soul uh, but we're never uh, cut off from it for real. We just don't have the awareness of it right here. Yeah, all the remembrance. So you spoke about the oversoul. I have heard that all our lives, past lives or future lives, as depending on the term you use, are happening now. What's your thoughts on this? It This is the concept of time. Um, which only exists within specific dimensions. So are there parallel timelines? Definitely, but we don't have the awareness of them because we are limited within the awareness of our immediate physical experience. But there are such things as timeline shifts, for example, where you literally shift and experience the same almost the same reality except it's a little bit different and that's when you shift to the timeline and that could be done by choice or that could be done um, spontaneously and we're constantly shifting timelines spontaneously uh, that's uh, happening and so we are multidimensional beings having multiple experiences and infinite amount of possibilities simultaneously, but we're blocked to the awareness of that. Uh, so, yeah, I agree that everything is happening simultaneously outside of uh, the limited dimension of time-space continuum. And especially when we are... Uh, when we have filters to filter that out. Gosh, you explained that so well. Thank you. So how, if we if we would like to, how would we jump timelines to potentially a higher frequency or a high vibrational timeline? Well, it it, it is right back to doing the inner work and also perhaps engaging in spiritual practices that allow you to experience a different state of being. Because when you experience a different state of being, you experience a different timeline. I have literally worked with people who, let's say, came to me at a certain point, and I read their past lives, and it was all uh, horrible experiences, I don't know, let's just say crime and this and that, and they just, in this lifetime, just came out of jail. And so they're matching the timeline that links them to all of that then they do the inner work uh, they clean up their lifestyle uh, they engage in spiritual practices uh, that allow them to elevate their state of being they come back to me three years later for example and i read their incarnations and they're matching 
ascended masters or something like the, an entirely different story and this is an example because again that also works based on a vibrational match what you pull in into your awareness and what you connect the timeline that you're connected to is linked directly to what you're experiencing on right now and what you are focused on right now and what you're vibrating right now so you vibrate differently you're on a different timeline hmm. Uh, thank you you spoke I have to ask quantum travel what is this sure. and what does it look like and what do you experience that I'm going to leave the answers to you <laughs> of course um quantum what I call quantum travel is um a very different form of outer body experience uh, than uh, the than astral projecting for example, so astral projecting, for astral projecting, you relax as deeply as you can and you softly float out of your body and you stand in the same room where you your body is laying. You can turn around and look at it and you are limited by traveling, um, astral traveling within the astral plane. If you reach the outer skirts of the astral plane, you're going to be hitting the glass ceiling or you're going to be hitting the uh, um, layer that is not going to let you come out past that layer. And you're also going to have interference trying to get you back into the body. So, and also astral travel is associated with speed meaning you are moving from one point to the other and it takes some sort of time. So you're not just instantly there. Um, but th these are my experiences with astral travel and I've done astral travel for, since I was like 17 to maybe about 23, four, something like that. Um, recently though, I learned the... No, recently, nine years ago, I learned uh, the meditative technique and the breath work that I do in the middle of the night that awakens the kundalini energy and also helps you come out of your physical form, but you bypass the astral plane. I call that the uh, quantum travel. It's not gentle at all. It shakes your body like crazy, and you literally... Um, like a rocket fly out of your the top of the head and um, you instantly find yourself in a different dimension that has nothing to do with earth reality um, at the present time i land uh, predominantly in the void what's called the void and it's not a place it's a state of being that's the energy that creates and sustains worlds the source consciousness um, and because it creates everything, um, if you have a desire to go elsewhere, um, have that in mind before you launch out of your body and uh, you will instantly be in that other or a different reality that you want to check out. So this is the quantum travel. It's very different um, and it's instant. Yeah. So the difference between astral and and quantum is how fast you go um, and also where you can end up at. Thank you. So I just want to ask about the void. This is sure. a, 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 you said the source of creation. This is a positive, I guess we're going to use the word positive. This is a positive space. That's the only, that's everything. It encompasses everything. 
It's not positive or negative. It's neutral. It just is. Yeah. And so hard to put in words. Can you describe it for the audience? And for me. I can can describe the state of being that I experience um, when I'm, and saying I'm there makes it sound like it's a place, but it's not a place. It's a state of consciousness. It's a state of reality. It's the energy that generates a reality, all of it. So technically it's God, or technically it's the source consciousness. Um, when you have left your body behind and you have entered that state of being, there's an awareness there's a very slight awareness of yourself as a human being. As a matter of fact, you don't remember yourself as a human being any longer. You, you, but you are consciousness. You're conscious in that state of being. And you experience the presence of literally everything. And at the same time, nothing at all, because that space isn't completely black. There's nothing there. Absolutely nothing there. But so for for those who landed there, and I've only um, talked to three people so far, um, aside from myself, so two other people so far who landed in that space during the near-death experiences. And my big question is why these three people, actually three, yeah, my, I'm, I'm the fourth. Three people went into the state of the void while the rest go through the tunnel and uh, interact with the handlers. So this is something I'm um, digging into right now. But those who landed in the state of the void without adequate preparation, without knowing what it what it is, they're usually terrified because there's nothing there. It appears like there's nothing there um, and the human mind wants you know, something, uh, presence, company, um, terrain of some sort, something, you know. So um, there was one person that I heard saying that he was absolutely terrified um, and two other people experienced the same that I experienced was the that this is the most incredible, the best state you could of consciousness you could possibly experience. And the state of love, you know, the unconditional love is neutral, really. So you experience that state from all directions. You're just in the state of complete peace, complete unconditional love. And that's about all that I can put in words because, and then there is presence of everything. And at the same time, absolutely nothing there. So I want to go there after I pass in this um, lifetime and just stay for a while, for a while, at least, you know, until my soul decides or my, a part of me, a part of my consciousness decides that I want to personify or take some sort of shape form in a different reality. Mm. I'm talking from my humanness here. <laughs> right. There, do you have any, when you're in the void, are there thoughts? Are you thinking about anything? You can't think because you don't have the brain. Right. Um, but the consciousness is there. And so there is an awareness of everything. It's very um, hard to put in words. But let's say if you have a question before you launch, before you go into the void, into that state of being, 
um, if you have a question, when you come, you go and you have that experience, when you come back into your body, chances are you're going to have an answer right in your mind, right there, because that's the field, quantum field of information or whatever else is called, it's called uh, the infinite field of possibility is the um well i don't even remember all of the words that i used that they used to describe that yeah so you, you touched on this but what so what what's the point of it all why are we here Question. Only the <laughs> only the question, all the only the question of uh, this, you know, the whole existence, <laughs> really. Um, I only know my own experience because I I'm not really very I I don't really um, pay too much attention to what other teachers offer. Only very few uh, select ones because I want to keep my um, information pure. All right. I don't want something to, to influence me. But so my experience was that I remembered and that story is in the book. I remembered um, how I got lured into coming into Earth plane. And I was in an entirely different state of being, entirely different environment, entirely different consciousness. Um, I was on the red planet. By the way, uh, someone just read my book and created a whole uh, bunch of artwork from the red planet and it's on youtube just they reached out to me and said that it was so inspiring they they seem to be having the similar memories so it's so incredible um so i was in an entirely different state of being we were sharing consciousness but at the same time we were individualized and I received, we, we received the distress call that came through the transmitter that was on our planet, like a mountain kind of thing, because everything was alive and everything, we were connected to all ex, um, expressions of life. We were all non-physical except the actual planet. So um, I remember the feeling that I'm infinite and I'm powerful meaning like i'd never experienced any limitation within that reality and i want to go and help that wor world in distress that's sending out distress calls and that was earth and literally the second i had that idea or that feeling that mm, yeah i started being pulled into an entirely different state of being which felt denser and denser like let's say from the state of air into water into mud and then i was in a physical form which was not human first and then i uh, then i'm uh, trapped because i got killed in that non-physical that other form and then i started going into human so why am i here i came here to uh, thinking that I can assist and get out. But until this lifetime, until right now, I had no idea in all of my thousands of years of incarnations on earth that I can actually get out and how. But this lifetime, I'm aware of that. So 
why are we here? I think we volunteer. A lot of us volunteered to come here for one reason or another. And now we're just running um, in in circles <laughs> around Earth plane, being like a battery for the beings that lured us here, I think. So, now, so I, get, I get the impression you're not planning to come back. No. <laughs> that was a definite no. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not and i i uh i have an eye on a different reality that i enjoy um visiting very much and that's within the andromeda galaxy there is this uh lovely little planet there and the state of being there that i really appreciate and i've discovered it through my uh quantum travels and uh, i think that after i'm um done enjoying the peace of the void maybe i'll go there and 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 have a like a light body experience there so we'll just see and it's not going to be me like the way i'm talking mm -hmm. right now as a human i wouldn't even remember that but that's something uh you know just the thought that maybe that reality could be something i could check out next so there's so many other planets and dimensions and galaxies out there and life yeah. forms in whatever, not necessarily in human life, but in life right. forms of some some way. Yeah, yeah. And uh, my recommendation to the people who are planning to get out is to scope what's out there. I had no idea about most of what I know now or where I've been now, what I've experienced now outside of earth reality um you know we know our neighboring planets and constellations that are being talked about but there's so much more and you can just go ahead and experience what you resonate with what feels good to you um and then that could be something where you will hop um after you pass this time and the ideal case scenario is that you've learned how to quantum travel while you're still alive which means when you're well you're passing you're not going to go into the afterlife dimension you go straight into uh, the void or you go straight to the place where you selected that you have already selected for yourself that takes away the fear of death and it gives you infinite choices Thank you. Um, one more question. You're, I, I read that you're influenced by the work of Dr. Joe Dispenza. I think he's yes. wonderful. What, what? I guess oh, what's yeah. the key takeaway or the few key takeaways from his work that you admire? Well, Dr. Joe Dispenza, I encountered the work of Dr. Joe Dispenza in 2010 when I was uh, first starting to wake up again <laughs> after 20 years of kind of being in a spiritual coma. Um and his meditative techniques assisted me tremendously. And I, I used his meditative techniques to process my traumas. So not exactly what he's teaching, but I saw how powerful that was. And I figured that I could utilize it for that. And then the whole quantum travel, that's based on what he was teaching. He taught in 2014, um, he taught the mid-sleep nighttime meditative technique um, to activate your pineal gland and to awaken your kundalini energy. And I started doing that. And um, 
I don't use his guided meditations at night anymore, but I definitely use the breath work. And so the breath work that he offers is called the cosmic cobra breath or the tantra kriya kundalini pranayama. And that is called the biggest gift of Babaji to humanity part of kriya yoga and that's what assists people in self-actualizing and that is the practice that changes your life even if you are a non-believer in, in one way or another i was very dense i was very corporate i was a rock and roller also like a rock star at night corporate during the day uh super analytical super traumatized, addicted, and sick in every part of my body. And uh, that was 2010. And now I am in, in the best health I've ever been. And I quantum travel cosmo, the cosmos, and I work to help humanity heal their traumas. So it if you would have told me that in 2010, when I first encountered Dr. Dispenza's work, I would have never believed it. And look at you now. Yeah. Well, thank yeah. you. And that, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, please. It all on. happened. It all happened gradually, piece by piece. But if you start engaging in the practices that he teaches, it will change your life, given that you allow it. Mm. <laughs> you allow your life to change. And things take time, unfortunately. Sometimes we want things instantly, but it doesn't always work like that. Yeah, yeah. And everything is expanding slowly based on your comfort zone. A lot of people want it immediately, and if it happens immediately, they freak out. If I was told 10 years ago where I was going to be today, I would have probably turned around and, and gone back to the corporate world because it would have sound like complete insanity to me. Yeah. Uh, but so we are fed in small portions. Our abilities open up in correlation with our own comfort zone. And we just proceed as long as we don't stop. You know, and I was very curious and very had a very strong intention to find out what I can do while still being alive. Yes, well, definitely a calling. Isabella, I've loved having you on the show. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the Passion Harvest audience that I haven't asked you? I believe that the number one recommendation for anyone is to learn how to generate inner peace. Because once you learn how to generate inner peace and put yourself into that state, at least for 15 minutes a day, you're going to influence your reality. You're going to influence your own state of being. Your life will get easier. And this also contributes to world peace. I think if we all did that uh, every day, all of us, uh, then we would live in an entirely different reality. So my recommendation to the listeners is to learn how to generate inner peace. Oh, what a beautiful way to end the show. And I will leave a link for listeners or watching to contact you on your website, which is behind you if people are watching this, but I will leave a link in the show notes below. Isabella Green, thank you so much for being on Passion Harvest. My gosh, what a wealth of information. Thank you. It is my <laughs> pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on the show.
Oh, it was wonderful. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. If you liked this episode, please do subscribe for weekly passionate inspirational interviews.